But first, let's talk about BC's debt. And at one time, the province was a leader when it came to the lowest per capita debt in the country. That was then. This is now. And no matter what your opinion is about the Fraser Institute, the Fraser Institute is out with a report which is worth noting. And it says our debt load right now is booming. Well, Ben Eisen is a senior fellow at the Fraser Institute and the author of that report. He joins us now. Good afternoon. And Ben, you know, you've got to start with the one obvious question. Why is this an issue worth researching, let alone talking about in B.C. right now? Well, British Columbia has gone through a pretty lengthy period relative to a number of other provinces of adding less public debt throughout most of the, the first 20 years anyway. Uh, of, of the century. Uh, but what we find in looking at the government's forecast for the years ahead is that the government is, is about to start adding substantially more debt in the future than it has at any point in recent history. Uh, and it's going to see that record of relatively low levels of debt accumulation uh, come to an end if the government's forecasts come to pass. And specifically what we look at in this study is comparing the amount of debt the government's expecting over the next three years to some previous periods where we know that lots of debt was added and for some important reasons. We compare it to the 2008-09 financial crisis when there was a steep recession, as well as the years in, in, during, uh, during the COVID pandemic, 2020 and 2021. And we find that the government is planning to add much more debt over the next few years than during those two historical episodes, which we think of as periods that there was an awful lot of debt and good reasons for it was steep, was steep recession. COVID had very little to do with this, right? Oh, absolutely. Because the, the COVID recession had something to do with that previous period. Uh, there was a debt increase in 2020, particularly uh, when the economy was much slower. Uh, and there was a number of factors that were causing a debt run-up uh, in those years. But the debt run-up we're about to have, which is substantially greater, no, COVID spending is not a meaningful part of that. The vast majority uh, of one-time emergency COVID spending has been wound up by now. What we're looking at now that's, got, that's driving the big increase in spending that we've seen that in the years ahead is expected to lead lots of debt, uh, that's day-to-day spending on other things. It's not related to the COVID pandemic in any meaningful way. Now, many people would point out, uh, Ben, I understand that. The Fraser Institute doesn't like debt, and they always say this, but they don't have any real understanding of social issues and what's needed in order to govern for people. What do you say to that? Uh, well, I think that what I would say is that looking through Canadian history and particularly uh, particularly recent uh, activities of various governments in Canada, there's not clear evidence that all of the additional spending that we've seen in recent years is translating into dramatically better public services. Uh, you look at what's happened, for example, one of the core responsibilities of, uh, of the provincial government is the education system, uh, whereas PISA scores have been dropping in recent years. There's no clear evidence of dramatic redu- reductions in wait times. So if there was this increase in spending that was driving debt could be tied directly to very clear in public, uh, improvements in public services, that could be a conversation what was worth having. Is this trade-off worth it? As it is, we're seeing this big increase in the size of government, the big increase in the number of people working for uh, the provincial government, which is, has increased very dramatically in, in recent years. And certainly, uh, whether or not that's connected to improved results, uh, well, if, if there was evidence, then we could have a cost-benefit analysis. Uh, but for now, I think it's incumbent when the government is spending so much more, uh, having so much more debt, uh, to demonstrate value for money. And this report shows one half of that equation, that the amount of spending is way up and that the amount of debt is dramatically higher. Well, let's pull out some of the examples. You mentioned the size of government. Where is that size increasing that you see really contributing to this debt growth? 
Well, there's a number of, of factors. The, the big areas of public spending uh, at the provincial level are, are health and education, but we're also seeing a substantial increase in the size of the public service in British Columbia. Uh, that's increased dramatically in recent years. Uh, so it's not just uh, directly into services. There's also uh, growth in the size, of, uh, the size of government, and we've done past research showing uh, a meaningful wage premium in British Columbia for the public service compared to employees in the private sector. So if that's continuing and we have more and more people working for government uh, at a wage that is uh, not competitive but higher uh, than comparable jobs in the private sector, that's also a contributor to the big increase in spending. And when we broke down the numbers and looked at what's driving the debt increase that we've talked about, it's absolutely spending uh, that's causing this. It's not a deterioration of revenue uh, or anything of that nature. It's more spending. Uh, leading to the emergence of deficits in the years ahead, uh, and that's contributing to the large runoff in that. So it begs an obvious question, what's going on here in B.C.? Is it something related to population growth or is something different than the rest of the country? What are we seeing in other provinces, and how can we compare that to this province? Well, we're certainly seeing more rapid spending growth. Exactly what's causing it, that's, a, that's largely a function of government decision-making uh, and the prioritization and governments deciding how much they want to prioritize more public spending versus how much uh, they want to prioritize spending restraint for the sake of limiting deficits. Uh, so th- that, that's the most important. The other provinces, uh, Ontario has a deficit, for example, uh, but not nearly the size and the increase in debt that we're seeing in British Columbia. What's happening in British Columbia today in terms of the rate of debt accumulation, is much more similar to what happened in Ontario in the years following the 2008-09 financial crisis. Then and there, Ontario, uh, its manufacturing sector took a very serious blow. Revenue went down. They didn't match that with spending uh, reductions. And so debt exploded, which is an issue that they're still dealing with to to this day over in Ontario. In British Columbia, what's happening now, we're seeing a run-up in debt uh, that's very similar to what happened in Ontario way back then. Uh, But what's an important difference is back then there was uh, approximate cause. There was a steep recession. There was a fundamental restructuring of the provincial economy. There was a downturn in revenue. Uh, all those things were contributing to the big increase in debt. In British Columbia, those things aren't happening. There's simply an increase in spending that's driving the debt growth that, we're, uh, that we show in today's report and that that's contributing to all of the debt accumulation that's going to happen in the years ahead. You mentioned years going back in the past and where we are right now. And quite often I take a look at the bond rating agencies to see what their tolerance level is for the debt. It's not that uh, terrible when it comes to BC. So how do you figure that uh, we are in a situation where we should be concerned? This is a really important point. Uh, debt rating, uh, debt ratings from uh, bond markets, those are a function of a number of things. Current government policy and forecasts are one of those. Uh, but what's happened in the past is also a very important factor because government's ability to take on new debt uh, is, is affected by things that have happened on the past. And what we saw in British Columbia is between 20, 2000 and around 2016, we saw one of the slowest rates of per-person inflation-adjusted spending growth in the country. Uh, it was about 0.5% annualized uh, for that very long period of time. And what that led to was, while a number of other provinces were seeing a big increase in debt, British Columbia was holding its debt uh, either steady or, in fact, reducing it in some years, which meant that the size of the debt relative to the overall economy was shrinking. So Alberta was running up a lot of debt. Ontario was running up a lot of debt. Uh, British Columbia wasn't. British Columbia was holding the line for a long time. And so that created uh, some fiscal uh, runway, so to speak. It created some room, whereas now we're, we're increasing debt and that is being eaten up. So, yes, right now, the overall fiscal outlook in terms of bond ratings is relatively favorable. Uh, but if we see this kind of increase in debt over the course of many years, uh, that can change. And we saw it change in Ontario when, when there was a downgrade, uh, several downgrades, in fact, during the worst of their debt run-ups. Things have improved somewhat. 
Uh, but in British Columbia, the, the point is not to say that uh, they're on a, we're on the brink of a crisis in British Columbia, uh, that bond markets are on the brink of turning on the province. That's not where we are. But what we're doing is we're eating in uh, to, the, to the amount of room, to the runway that we had, and that's leaving British Columbia less prepared for it if there is another emergency in the future, like COVID or like a recession. And what's more, regardless of whether people are willing to lend to BC, which is what you say, which is what you point to correctly as an important measure, uh, the bond markets, the reality is still even so British Columbians still have to pay all of the interest on that debt. And that is increasing in the years ahead uh, with interest rates being higher. So it's not at all costless. You're right. The indicator you're pointed to shows that British Columbia is by no means on the brink of a crisis. Uh, but that doesn't mean that what we're seeing is costless. It's going to cost British Columbian taxpayers money right away. And in the future, it could leave the province much less well prepared uh, to deal with any kind of emergency that does arise. I'm Bruce Claggett. We've been talking about BC's coming debt boom. Ben Eisen is a senior fellow at the Fraser Institute and an author on a report released today about this. Ben, you think about single moms living in basement suites, uh, people on wait lists waiting for operations, and those who can't even afford post-secondary education. Why would the average BCer give a tinker's damn about provincial debt? That, that's a great question. The answer to that is, is simply that as governments accumulate that, uh, interest has to pay, be paid on it. And that's particularly true uh, in the higher interest rate environment that we're in now versus the periods that we've been in, in the past. And as, so what we're seeing is the interest rate payments are growing meaningfully throughout the rest of the government's fiscal plan. So why does that matter? It means that money that's going into provincial coffers needs to be diverted to debt service payments that could otherwise be used for things for other priorities to help families like the ones you discussed simply to lower taxes to help uh, families uh, pay their bills and things like that. And we've seen that through Canadian history, just how significant that that can become. Like you said, we're not on the brink of it today, but in the 1990s, for example, we reached the point where the federal government, about one in every $3 that came into federal coffers was going uh, to service and government debt. Uh, That's money that was unavailable for other priorities. And regardless of whether you're left, right, or center, most people would rather see their tax dollars going to something uh, whether it's tax relief, whether it's public services, other than debt service payments. Many provinces, it was a similar situation. It was about one in five dollars of debt interest that was going uh, from the uh, from 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 the province and every every excuse me, one in five uh, tax dollars going to provincial governments was being spent on debt service. So it was huge chunks of every dollar being sent in that was unavailable for other things. So if British Columbians care about competitive taxes that take less of their paycheck, if they care about high quality public services, which of course all of the, all of them do, uh, then being concerned about the rise in debt is, is important because it's taking away money and debt service payments that could go towards those important priorities. But it is not a policy issue that is really resonating with any of the political parties right now. There are things that are just higher on the agenda. How come this is not a priority for any political party? Uh, I think that there's a number of reasons. Public finance deals in, in, in very large uh, numbers. That's one of it. Uh, when you... For example, a debt charges in BC in 2022 uh, are were about 2.7 billion dollars for the year. So that's going to go up to about 4.4 billion dollars by 2025. So from 2.7 to 4.4 billion. But for everyone, uh, for unless you study public finance for a living, those basically just seem like too large numbers. It's hard to imagine exactly what does that mean for me that it's gone from 2.7 to 4.4 billion. Uh, we're we're dealing in such large numbers. Even though it's a 60 percent increase, we can sort of eyeball that. Uh, it's hard to know exactly how that's going to affect you. So that's why hopefully uh, by breaking these things down and explaining things like 
uh, it's going to, going to be rise to $726 per person in debt interest payments by the end of the, the fiscal period, and much more uh, per tax filer, for example. Uh, that's 36%, 36% more. Uh, hopefully that helps uh, communicate these things. But I think one reason is just that, that public finance deals in large figures. Uh, it, is, it, is, uh, it becomes almost abstract when we talk about billions and billions of dollars. Uh, and there's so much government spin around the size of deficits and things like that. But it can be hard to cut through and think about, as you asked, why does this matter to me? But it really does uh, once you get to the point where we're talking about thousands of dollars per family going to debt service payments that could go towards other things. Taxation is often an issue that comes up, but we hardly ever talk about it in relation to payment of debt. How big a factor is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it? It's an important factor, and it's one that can grow very quickly. Um, it, it, British Columbia has benefited uh, for, in recent years by having a lowered amount of the government revenue that was going uh, going from taxes uh, to pay government debt, but it's going up as we're discussing today. And as we've, we've discussed, uh, it can spiral quickly. If you have a large deficit and interest rates are going up and you're unable to take immediate action to deal with it, then more and more gets consumed. And there's no two ways about it. You have a choice between uh, cutting spending, raising, raising taxes, or borrowing even more just to cover uh, debt interest payments. So taxes are very closely linked. In the end, all of this money, all the interest that goes to debt service, it has to come from somewhere. And that somewhere is always going to be taxpayers. There's no way around it. Uh, so the link between uh, growing debt now, that's essentially taxes in the future. I think that's an important way for us to think about deficits mm. and debt. They're not just an abstract concept. They're actually taxes. They're just not taxes that we're paying now. They're taxes that we're kicking down, kicking down the road, either to be paid by us in the future or by subsequent generations. So nothing's free, uh, and certainly all of this debt isn't.